You're listening to the Warden Alumni Executive Education Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Wharton Alumni Executive Education Podcast, and I'm your host, Alex Gramatsky. And today I'm going to be talking to Payment S. Karina Jad, who works on tall buildings around the world. And one of the buildings he has worked on is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, which is the tallest tower in the world. And he's also worked on the World Trade Centers in New York. So I'm really excited to hear how you end up on this kind of career path and some of the lessons you learned along the way. Because I've seen videos on uh, some of these projects, and it's just amazing what goes into them. So Great to have you on and have a chance to talk, talk to you. Hi, Alex. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a great pleasure to be a part of uh, uh, your podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, appreciate you being on. So I want to dive right into it. So you worked on the tallest tower in the world. Like, What are some of the things that you learned on that? And how do you even end up working on such a mega project? Well, it's not just uh, like by a chance you end up, you have to go step by step through a a series of uh, first like education and then um, practicing and doing uh, uh, other like a project. Uh, And then at the, the end or at the first, I would say passion. So my passion started with a tall building. I think when I was uh, 13, 13, 14 years old. So it goes back uh, from when I was in the school. Uh, so at that time, um, I really uh, enjoyed um, the tall buildings and I knew uh, I'm going to end up, you know, working uh, as an engineer. So designing, you know, some of the those tall buildings. Yeah, I, if I go back um, through the my school and how I, you know, end up as a structural engineer and then working on some uh, from the beginning, I was fortunate also to be a, a part of a, a good, uh, let's say, design team and a firm who they worked on some of those uh, tall building project and uh, then uh, I, I got an offer with one of uh, also a big firm uh, very uh, famous and uh, well known in the tall building industry uh, and uh, my mentor who was my boss also he was one of the, the great structural engineer who worked on John Hancock Tower and also Sears Tower many, many other famous uh, projects. So uh, I had like a great pleasure and I was uh, fortunate to working with uh, such a great uh, person. uh, And still he is in uh, as a mentor in my life. And I talk to him uh, every other month. And uh, uh, yes, that's how I end up be a part of the Burj Khalifa and doing some uh, also work on, on that project. So taking back, when you, you know, had this idea as a, I'm going to say child, where you wanted to work on tall buildings, what was one of the tallest buildings that you saw back then or that was around that made you say, hey, I want to go down this path of being involved in tall buildings? Um, I would say uh, mainly due to the, like, um, when you are a child, you know, you dream a lot. 
And one of the things I was also dreaming to come to United States. So, you know, I'm an immigrant also. Um, my background, I'm um, Persian, Iranian. So I grew up in, uh, in Tehran, uh, which is a capital of Iran. It's a fairly a big city also. It's like a kind of New York. And we have tall buildings there. Uh, the population, I think it was around, at the, like now is around um, day and night, if I say, um, it's around like uh, 18 million uh, people in the capital of Iran, Tehran. So yeah, there are tall buildings also there and um, which I inspired, to, you know, when I was a kid, you know, going uh, out and see those uh, buildings. And it's very, you know, uh, Persian culture, especially in architectural, is very rich and and there are many like a great design and when you go back to the history so i was always inspired with those beautiful buildings and uh, especially the tall buildings in the city and also i was um, very interested to read about you know and uh, i was reading some um, books and also the media like uh, looking at the, like a tv or see you know those uh, tall buildings. Uh, that's how it inspired me. So to, I knew this is something I really want to work on and to be involved in the future. Well, and some of the buildings that you've worked on are, are very iconic structures as well. Like we also talked about or mentioned the World Trade Centers. And and if you don't mind expanding on some of the other ones that you've mentioned uh, to, to me in previous conversations we've had just for our listeners um, on some of the other ones, because that's, that's very incredible. And um, you know, it's part of, you know, almost like an eighth wonder of the world or something like that, some of them. Yes, yeah. Uh, each, uh, uh, for uh, me, you know, uh, each one of those iconic projects are, uh, has their own unique, uh, let's say, uh, design and also unique uh, perspective of, you know, how to, uh, to do it. And, Having said that, there is always, you know, a big team uh, on the back of, you know, such a successful project. It's not just one person. Um, so yeah, there is one person leading, you know, the team, which is, which is very important. Who is that leader? Uh, so uh, prior to, you know, the project I uh, led myself, you know, I was, you know, uh, being involved in so many others until, you know, uh, I was fortunate to uh, lead World Trade Center Tower 2. So I was a, a lead uh, structural engineer on that project. Um, so which I was very fortunate to be involved in, in, in it. Um, so, yeah, as I said, uh, and each one of them, uh, I looked at them very unique. And, the design, because it's not just a design. Also, when you design it, then you have to, you know, build it. You know how, you know, what you design is going to go to the construction crew and team, and how they're going to build that. 
you have that collaboration between the design team and construction team always. So, and each discipline's involved in, in the project from architect, from the structural engineer, from mechanical, electrical engineers, facade engineers, acoustic vibrations, you know, I, 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 each one of those has their own, you know, consultants. So they are involved in such a big, uh, unique uh, uh, projects. So when you look at, you know, for example, World Trade Centers, our two, there were fairly, I would say, uh, almost 20 consultant, uh, design consultant involved in, in the project. And also then after that contractor, which is the general contractor client will appoint, and then the GC general contractor has subcontractors for each trades, so like a concrete, formwork, like a steel, again, facade. Uh, for each trades, there are subcontractors. So if I would say in like a building industry, uh, in any project, uh, when you design and build, look at it. So there are almost 600, 700 trades are involved in, yeah. in, in such a, you know, projects. And the complexity of uh, coordination, communication is very important. So how you really convey what you design to the contractor and to make sure they are really following what you design they're going to build so that's another like a uh, aspect you have to go through it it's not just when you finish the design you hand over you know the drawing to the contractor is finished the job no well actually your job is started <laughs> because right. you go through so many you know challenges okay there are buildability issues especially when it comes to the tall building there are so many other factors you have to go through it with the general contractor and look at it on the job site. And some sometimes there are buildability issues with the design. You have to change the design or you have to do some variations and uh, some somehow to come with a new uh, method. So yeah, so which each one of those you have to come with a method statement and go through that method statement with the construction crew to make sure they follow those steps to build it and i have a, a lot of questions because first of all the world trade centers are I iconic and then you know i'm going to say rebuilding them uh, would have had its sensitivities to as as well oh, so yes. i can only imagine the scrutiny and criteria that came with that and around that. Um, and have you ever looked at the previous trade centers? And I don't want to go down like any conspiracy theory paths at all, just in general, from like a structural engineer perspective, how are these ones built different than you know the, the previous ones, given how iconic oh, yeah. they, they are? That's a great question, Alex. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, well, that's the beauty when I say I'm fortunate, you know, I'm, I was very fortunate to be involved in the original towers as a post-collapse analysis. When the tower collapsed uh, in 
So what happened, the government and insurance companies, they start like suing, you know, the, the each others. And uh, it was a lot of uh, things which uh, questions and unknown for everyone. They didn't know what really, really happened. So they tried to hire some different structural engineering consultants. So one of them were the company I was working with the, uh, my boss, who I said, you know, I was fortunate to working with him, Joe Colasso, Professor uh, Dr. Joe Colasso. Um, so uh, they appoint him to do the post-collapse uh, analysis for the tower. So why the tower collapsed. So and I was involved with him to do the analysis. So uh, there are. I'm not going to go very details because when you do the analysis, you have to do, you know, nonlinear analysis with the very special software. So it's called like a SAP or ETABS. Those softwares are uh, structural engineering software. So you work with those software and you analyze step by step when the plane hit and the fuel, you know, started and how you know, the progress of the collapse started. So I've done that for one and a half years. I worked on that. So it's highly confidential. I cannot reveal, you know, uh, I'm sure you understand. So I cannot talk about it. I cannot reveal any uh, information. Uh, but yes, I was fortunate to work on, on the post-collapse analysis of the original tower. Uh, and then I, I was part of the new buildings, you know, when we designed, you know, for it. There are differences which we took to considerations, of course, in the new design and also regulations and a lot of uh, new regulations uh, uh, adapted after that by the city of New York. Uh, and we had to also follow, and we also suggested to do some additional um, measurements uh, in order to make sure uh, the building is sounds, you know, very solid and is not gonna, you know, anything happen. Uh, such incidents is if in future, God forbid, and so not gonna happen. But in if in future something incidents like that terrorist attack happen, so the tower is is safe and is not going to collapse. Yes, we have done additional uh, analysis, um, which called performance-based design. And you have to go through that and to make sure there are additional details, there are additional, uh, you know, design you have to, uh, to do to make sure uh, the buildings is going to, stand uh, and it's going to be stable due to any incident like a terrorist attack incident that's really insightful information thank you for sharing that so in summary it sounds like the second tower is built slightly different than, than the oh, first yeah. tower and yes. changes in regulation of course the scrutiny so there's there's regulation which is one part of you know meeting the design structures then of course mm -hmm. there's you know how you want the tower to to look and from a marketing perspective and attracting tenants and 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 um and i think the burj khalifa in dubai also has um like suites and, and rooms when it comes to you know re regulation and design um and costs who i guess i'm assuming the owner but how is all of that coordinated like that just seems such an overwhelming task and and, and 
and how close do you communicate with the owners and what's the primary goal is the primary goal always to make money is it you know to be iconic is it just if you can share a little bit about that on those yeah. buildings sure that's another great question so so when you like have those aims to do uh, the tallest building uh, and to be iconic any clients they don't really think about uh, um, you know for that certain project you know uh, the money and uh, the investment side of it because it's not just that project whatever is going to be developed around that project is going to make a lot of money so uh, i think with all iconic project like Burj Khalifa World Trade Center uh, or other tall buildings globally if you look at it in any city so what they benefit out of that is the development surrounding you know uh, that community and what they are making you know really uh, uh, as an investment so part of it uh, to answer your question uh, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, complexity and uh, collaborations and the codes yes always um, there are so many as i said uh consultant and trades involved in such a projects uh, the complexity of collaborations and communications is a key issue for any uh, of those projects that's uh, why always there is a, a project manager involved to manage the whole like a team uh, not just only all those consultant who has a main role in the project but there is always a big uh, like a, a kind of pm role on top of all they are managing the whole side of the project and uh, facilitating between uh, a government and other entities codes uh, consultants and uh, institutions uh, uh, there are so many others who they want to run some tests and uh, uh, for such iconic projects uh, so uh, they facilitate and trying to make that uh, communication much uh, easier uh, and of course uh, there are so many help also when those developers they're not really uh, putting all under their like a, a shoulders to burden themselves there are government also sometimes helping you know with facilitating things you know with such a big projects to make sure everything's because uh, first of all is you know something unique uh, for their country unique for the codes and they're trying to understand you know uh, the consequences and uh, achieving the next step in uh, let's say engineering or the next step in technology so there are helps you know along the way so uh, from different entities so it sounds insanely complex and i'm sh i'm assuming that you learned something um, on each project what's one of the most interesting things that you've learned or something that you know was, was maybe very unique to you as you've gone some of these projects that maybe you hadn't think about and then you had to figure out and and solve for 
Oh, there's so many. Each each project, uh, seriously, each one of the project for me, when it's come to the, I always um, categorize, you know, the uh, buildings. If it is below five story, I would say everything is the same, regular, not many challenges. And you can really figure out everything is what you, doing and it's easy fairly uh, design and construction but when it goes to super tall building and tall building i would say anything above like uh, 15 to 20 story so each project has their own challenge so based on our you know again we have uh, low rise mid rise tall building then super tall building then mega tall building this is in our industry how we categorize you know uh, building height uh, so when it comes to something super tall building mega tall building that means anything uh, above uh, uh, 50 story uh, it, there are so many challenges and each each one project has their own challenges in terms of location any like it can be in europe in us or in middle east weather challenges so each country you know and each region have done project the tallest building in europe which in russia st petersburg where the weather was minus 20 minus 30 most of the winter time and I've done project in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, where the temperature was uh, plus 40, plus 45. Uh, this is Celsius. Sorry, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners might, you know. Uh, so 40, 45 uh, Celsius is around 120 uh, Fahrenheit, uh, you know, uh, temperature in Dubai. So I've done project, you know, in that temperature, there are so many challenges, especially when it's come to the weather conditions. And I've done project, you know, in Russia where minus 20, 30 Celsius, again, is coming like a minus five or minus 10 Fahrenheit. Again, it's, you know, you see how the complexity of, you know, the weather, harsh weather condition in such a height, imagine you are, 50 story above you know ground in that height and the tower cranes are working you have to manage the pumping the concrete in that level you have to manage you know the safety and other precautions in that height so each one of those there is a method statement we have to come with that method for each project is different like the tower crane there is a tower crane analysis we have to do, how to do that method in such a height in that temperature. Or pouring the concrete, there is a method statement, we have to come with that method statement, how to do it in that temperature or in that height to pump you know, the, the concrete in such a height. Uh, yeah, the, each one is, for me, each project was really, I can't say, only one, you know, but each one of them for me was very interesting and uh, challenging project.
And I can only imagine my my wife is, is building here concrete residential homes in, in Houston area. And just when she talks to me about just curing on, you know, the single family homes, right? Like, oh my God, the things that go into it and how the ground shifts and like just the weather, like you said. And exactly. Like, so I can't imagine at those extreme temperatures, what else you have to take into consideration. But I think that's the interesting thing about engineering. It sounds like, you know, you, you talk to one of the consultants or advisors and they, I'm assuming, give you some form of report and then you have to engineer around those challenges and come up with solutions as to, you know, how do we, we, we do this? And even when you mentioned the crane, I'm like, is there even cranes at that size? Like you have to build something to build something. It almost seems yeah. like the, the cranes true? are self-climb, you know, they are self-climb because uh, the, when you do the tall building, uh, how to construct it, uh, it's really, there is a method. So the core, the central core, which is concrete, mostly uh, providing that lateral stability for your, uh, for your tower. So the concrete central core, it goes ahead up, like a 10 level, it goes ahead up. And the tower crane and also the pumps and the formworks are self-climbing, attaching to that. So this, you know, the self-climb goes up with, with the, as you bring in your central core up. So essentially like, you know, spiders up the wall as it's exactly. built. Exactly, exactly. That's wild. That's, yeah, that's so that's why I said, you know, design is one thing and then go through the method statement of each of those steps, how to build it. It's another big, really, a uh, part of you know those super tall buildings and uh, uh, the other very important factor we always when we consider designing tall building is dynamic force wind and seismic especially when you are in the regions are high seismic zones you have to design you know your tower to take to account the seismic you know forces and there are regions um, where you have the high wind you know the gust factors you know and then you have to design both you know if it's seismic and wind you have to design it for both you know and do, do your analysis for both uh, and mostly when it comes to the super tall building uh, the wind is governed even though you are in a seismic zone, but the wind, when it's go to the super tall building, like above 50, 60 story, wind is always governed because you have torsions and you have those, you know, uh, high forces coming to your building. You have to really do the wind tunnel test. So we go usually through the wind tunnel test to get the forces and then apply those forces to your analysis uh to size your members like a column beams or slabs uh, and the other part which is make it very um, unique when we design uh, the each floors you have to take to account the drift because of the wind and the displacement based on the code you know you go to account to make sure when you are like a uh, uh, occupying, you know, let's say a building like Burj Khalifa and you're sitting on 80 floor, 
uh, and the residents on 80 floors when there is a high wind the tower is start moving but you're not gonna feel it that much because we design it based on some certain drift and displacement so the taking to account the that those motions and make sure uh, people are not, you know, feeling, you know, that. Yeah, you don't want to get seasick up in a high building. <laughs> yes. um, um, so it sounds like there's so many complexities and components to it. What's one thing that you had to get good at and master over your career in order to be able to be involved with some of these projects? You have to be very good in analysis. Like uh, analysis when uh, if you want to, you know, uh, be uh, involved in designing such an iconic project, I would advise you have to start uh, with a consultant. Um, uh, you right after your school, you work with one of those really top uh, consultants uh, who are designing those projects. If you go to the contractor side, then you're not going to get that 3D. You have to start with the consulting to know how to design it, how to you know, do analysis and everything, calculations. And then after certain years experience, let's say five or 10 years experience in design and analysis, then you move to contractor side and to be involved in the job size or to be part of the GC or general contractor. So it sounds like, you know, as a kid, you had this dream of wanting to be involved in, in tall buildings. Um, you're now living out that dream. So to a large degree, you've, you've, you know, had this idea of what steps you had to take along your career and yes. you've followed those steps. So would you say that everything you've kind of done, and this is going maybe into the personal um, side of things as well, everything that you've done, how you've lived out your life has kind of been like, hey, here's my plan for life. And here's the steps I have to do. And I've been following those steps. So essentially what I'm asking is, has your life kind of turned out the way you planned it to because you are so good at analysis or so detailed? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I um, Since I was a kid, uh, Alex, believe it or not, when I was five years old, I had, you know, I started planning my life. So I had short-term and long-term goals. Like uh, I had the goals for a year and I would try my best to achieve it. And I had the long-term goals for five years and I was trying my best to achieve it. So I always, you know, uh, looked at it, you know, short-term and long-term, one year and five years. So those, you know, been always with me until today. And yes, to answer your question, I knew, you know, 20 years back, you know, where I want to be today. And it's not a really secret. And I can tell you the reason why I did Wharton. I, the reason why I went to the Wharton School, do my advanced finance um, was because in future, I want to be a successful developer. And in order for me, uh, when I said started with the consultant and then go to the construction and then now running my own uh, consulting management firm, but the, my next step, I want to be really a successful developer because 
I have a good understanding of the design and construction and with the advanced finance knowledge and skills will help me to be a good developer. Well, that makes logical sense to me. And I'm going to listen to the person that's an expertise at analysis to say that that path makes sense to me. And I think that's incredible that from a young age, you had this plan. And I say that because me and my wife were just talking to, you know, family and friends and, and they were essentially saying life is so complicated. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what city you're going to end up in. And your story is exactly contradictory to that. And my, me and my wife actually said that. I'm like, I'm sure there's lots of people that plan out their lives and then they follow that path and they know exactly kind of where they're going to be. So, so it's interesting to, you know, from your perspective, see, you know, if you have a plan, you have a goal, you take those steps and, and you follow that. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Uh, I'm a, a planner person. I'm a very on the schedule. I'm perfectionist. I call myself and, but of course, there are times you might, you know, just leaning right or left a little bit from your plans. But at the end, you know what you really plan, you achieve those plans. Uh, and I'm a firm believer of uh, planning. And if you plan and stick to your plan and be a dedicate, and if you are dedicated to do it, you make it happen. So that's what I'm uh, well, all of us. Well, that's really encouraging, and I hope you know long, younger listeners as well uh, hear that message and say, you know, if you if you stick to a plan, next thing you know, you're going to be, uh, and and I'm rooting for you, you know, are going to be building the next mega towers around the world exactly. and, and and doing those. So it's 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 wild to hear that story from you, and and I do hope that uh, you keep us updated on your ventures as well as as they develop. Um. Um, so I, I think this is this whole story is is overall uh, wild that, that you've had so far in the path that you've had. Um, so what is uh, you mentioned um, right now that you're planning, I guess, to is it finance or own or, or take on your own projects? How, how would that even look in this world? Because like you said, there's many stakeholders. So can you expand on that? Like, do you get grants from government? Do they just support you? you have to get i'm assuming debt and equity as well or how does all that really work yes for myself i haven't started yet i was planning um to be honest to start uh, after i finished the work and i graduated you know in may um so but my plan was to start something fairly smaller size not because I don't want to go, you know, that high, you know, something like a 10 story myself, uh, between 10 to 20 story. But we got to this uh, economic turmoil right now. And whatever I looked at, uh, you know, in terms of the price was the real estate was on the roof, you know, the price. So, um, and uh, other things, we had a big problem with supply chains due to the COVID issue, uh, post-COVID, the supply chain issue for materials, the materials, again, 40, sometimes up to 60% increase on, like a, if you look at steel, even timber or other materials gone so high. So I kind of put it on hold currently until next year to, for myself. But to answer your question, yes, we have to go through uh, creating um, a fund, you know, 
either through the private, you know, some uh, family friends or private equity, you know, uh, to get that fund in order to uh, build the project, design and build the project. Uh, so my goal is to come up with the, the plan of, you know, what type of project I want to do, where, which location, what, you know, uh, size, and even in terms of the design, I'm going to do some concept design uh, in terms of the shape and also allocations of the space and knows, you know, uh, if in terms of the investment, the return is good, then I'm going to, you know, looking for and find the investors or bringing private or some uh, uh, government fund into it and then to start the project. Well, given your experience and background, I hope, you know, um, that somebody even just listens to this podcast and says, hey, you know what, get in touch. I'm going to get in touch with you and and whatever project you touch next, I want to be involved in it. Uh, so so I do uh, hope that um, this, this leads to something because that would be a really cool story in itself as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I would be with with all due and pleasure. So, if uh, anyone out there would love to get involved in real estate uh, investment uh, and developments, uh, I'm happy, you know, to help. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it, and thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course.